all you tea drinkers out there, this is Corey Calder from Staffelty Spilling the Tea. I want to thank you for downloading episode two and giving it a listen. In this episode, you're going to get to hear from Coach Brown and Coach Sorbello, who are health and PE teachers and coaches at Verona High School. Buckle in because this one's going to be a really good episode because these two guys were so impactful and meaningful in my transition to Verona. There's the bell. Time for class. Going on, Education Nation. This is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. Uh, it's my great pleasure to introduce uh, Verina's old football coach um, and current health and physical education teacher, uh, Coach Stu Brown. Hey, everybody. Miss everybody a lot. Hope everybody stays safe and taken care. So, Stu, this is a fun one for me. This is one that I, you know, if it was game day week, I'd circle it on my calendar because uh, I've enjoyed working with you for the past three years at Verina. Um, and it's just, it's real nice to get you on. And I know the community um, is going to love to listen to this episode. So I hope you're pumped, man. I'm fired up. And that's a huge compliment coming from you, Corey, because uh, I've enjoyed you and you are first class and you're an amazing educator with huge talents. Well, that means a lot, man. I appreciate it. So do the um, podcast nation a favor for anybody who doesn't know you kind of give your background and talk about uh, how you got into education. Ah, oh, man, how I got into education. I went to a basketball camp when I was eight years old and met Stu Richardson. And I said then that I wanted to be a coach for a living. And I wanted to teach PE for a living. And uh, 1994, he got the job at Verona High School. We from Southwest Virginia, the mountains and uh, Henrico County, Dr. Harold Lawson, who was the principal at, at Brown at the time, said you can bring one person with you, and he brought me with him, and that's how I got up here. And I've been at Brown, uh, uh, in the Verona community since 1994-95, so I've enjoyed every minute of it. Very cool, very cool. Do you want to tell the people, you know, you're at Verona, then you transferred to Deep Run, and then you came back to Verona, correct? Yes. Uh, they, uh, at the time in football, and, you know, I speak of athletics, Lenny Pritchard was the uh, defensive coordinator of Verona. I was the offensive coordinator. So, Lenny, they asked Lenny to go take over and start the Deep Run football program in 2002. So, uh, there again, he he asked if he could bring somebody with him, and he brought, you know, I went with uh, him to start the Deep Run program. So, I was there from 2002 to 2007. And uh, Verona's position, I had the opportunity. County asked me to come back to Verona and be the head football coach in 2008. That's how I come back, Verona, and uh, I loved every minute of Deep Run. It was not a bad day, but uh, the bottom line is my soul bleeds blue and gold, and I love Verona. I fit in with the community. The community reminds me a lot of the hometown in which I grew up in, so uh, I just relate in the relationships here at Verona. I just love. Well, we love to have you, too, and um, speaking of just, like, fired up, you know, I, I feel that passion, you know, from day one, you know, even teacher work week, I get there and all the teachers are bleeding blue and gold, whether they're wearing it or, you know, you just feel it in the room. And then you take that staff picture that we have and everybody gets on the steps, depending on what year they're on. And you just look at everybody who's at the top row and you're like, man, they must love this place. And you talk to them and you feel it in your voice. And uh, Verona is a special place. Yes. It, it does not get any better than Verona. You know, it's a, very diverse group, blue collar, hard working uh, uh, students, student athletes who work hard to obtain what they got. Uh, you know, the thing about Verona, nothing's given to them. Everything, all the achievements that we have earned uh, or were earned, they were not given. So it's something I'm proud of. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm with you 100 um, percent. 
Um, so what's your current role right now at Verina? And then spill the tea on your skills and what you do well, whether it's in the classroom, uh, skills that you had as a coach, or what do you do um, where you blend the two? Just kind of let the audience know a little bit about Stu Brown and what he does well in the classroom. Well, you know, I go back to when I first got here. My first assistant principal was a lady by the name of Nancy Fisher, who was uh, absolutely amazing. And uh, at the time, she gave me the advice, in order to succeed at Verona, you got to care first and teach second. And that set into me, you know, just for the simple fact that the only reason why I succeeded in education as a student is because people cared for me. It definitely was not because I had the talent to achieve everything academically so it's something I took to heart that you know I absolutely love the students I care for them I want to get to know them I want to learn them uh, I love people who are different than me that don't look like me that believe different than me I love learning them uh, so I can develop my own opinion so that's the biggest thing my role now is again I retired or resigned from football after 25 years so my passion has always been the academic side getting kids in college understanding the NCAA uh, understanding the SAT, ACT part. So that's my biggest role I want to play right now. I want student athletes to understand all resources and all angles and that we have to get into college, to use uh, athletics as a resource to get a higher education. And that's where my passion is. It's something that I've shared with administration. It's something that I've shared with the county. You know, we I've spoke often about my passion for, you know, the student athlete. And um, that's where I'm at, and that's what I want my goals to be in the future. Can you speak to a time where, you know, you have the care first, teach second, which I love. Can you speak to a time where you, you know, had a student, whether it was an athlete or a student in your class, and you really, really, really had to build that relationship first before, you know, you saw that light switch and then the learning was allowed to happen? Yeah, I mean, you know, it happens often. And, you know, it happens often when somebody comes in and, you know, they hear your accent. Of course, my accent is a little stronger than other people's as far as Southern and, you know, they, they look at you and they think you're different and you realize that you're having a hard time relating. You do everything in your power to get to know them and it's just on a normal day basis. Why is a student having a bad day? You know, why is a student having a bad day? And you want to figure out why they're having a bad day. And once a student can learn to trust you, uh, you're going to get everything they got out of them academically and intellectually. And that's why I stand, you know. I just want to learn them. It's like I said, you know, uh, our kids come from such variety of backgrounds where some of them was not as fortunate as I was. Uh, and, and I was very, it makes me realize that I'm very unfortunate. But the thing with our students, once you get to know them, they will not use whatever they've been through in life, the difficult times. They won't make excuses. They will not transfer blame. They won't point the finger. Once you get to know them, you realize how talented they are and they're going to give you your best effort. And, you know, my biggest thing is to learn to care for them so they can learn to trust me. And, I, you know, I want them to give me their best effort. And I, I, think that, I think that's how you succeed at Verona. You know, I've always said the best educators at Verona are not the ones that are superb at comprehending or the knowledge of their own curriculum. The best ones is the ones who can relate to their students and the students learn to trust them. Then they can share their knowledge of the curriculum with them. And those are the teachers that succeed. But, but for, about for, like you, Mr. Collins. You relate well with everybody, and but you're a superb teacher. Well, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. Um, do you have any advice for a teacher who, you know, is going to listen to this episode? They're thinking, you know, I kind of struggle with building that relationship. Do you have any tips or tricks that you um, use 
I mean, now it's probably just automatic, but back in the day or, you know, how do you really build that relationship with the kids? I think you make your class fun. I think you make your class interesting. I think that you uh, build that trust by individually getting to know the students, especially the students that you may seem as difficult uh, as far as, as far as developing a relationship with them. I, th- I think you, I think you just make it fun and get to know them. And once they realize that you care, that you are a good time, uh, then they they learn to trust you and you know i think that's the biggest thing how to develop a relationship i think it comes i think it comes from a personal issue that once they realize you care it it, it can be built into lesson plans you know some of my best favorite lesson plans what you're going to get into is reality-based lesson plans and then you share your personal experiences with them the bottom line is Corey, we lucky to be health educators you know we don't teach for we don't teach equations we get to teach social life skills you know uh sex, drugs, and alcohol go along with health. So we can make it interesting as we want to be, and we can develop those relationships. But I think the biggest thing that you would tell a young teacher, and I think you understand this, uh, you know, you got multiple degrees. I'm fortunate to have two degrees. Uh, every You learn a lot in college, but nothing will teach you in college like the on-job experience teaches you at Brown High School. And uh, I think on-job experience, uh, getting there and learning and Figuring out how Rhino works is big. Not not dismissing any new ideas. I don't want to do that. But on-the-job experience is everything. And uh, uh, being a veteran, I, I'm fortunate I've been there a lot. And I promise you that the students and the athletes at Rhino High School has taught me a whole lot more than I could ever teach them. And I think that's another reason why uh, one may succeed. So I completely agree with that point. You know, I – you, you learn stuff in college and you can't wait to get on the job. And it's like, Oh, that lesson flopped, even though that was the textbook lesson. And you just got to like learn and bounce off your colleagues. And then eventually you, you kind of get the groove and you throw it in cruise control and you kind of figure it out how to get through the lessons. And then you try new things. Like you said, you don't have to do what's always happened, you know, in the old days, but you just try new things, see what the kids like, and then continue to use that. Yes. I totally agree. Totally agree. So, so what's what's Stu up to during this, you know, COVID time, um, you know, with family? I know you've been homeschooling. Um, what's going on with you? Uh, homeschooling has been difficult because uh, everybody, anybody knows me that, that uh, I used athletics as a resource to get to a higher education. And I'm fortunate to have a very intelligent children. So uh, I mentioned this the other day, me trying to help my son in analytical chemistry with mass spectrometry. I was lost, and uh, it's been a difficult time, but thank, <laughs> thank goodness for Google, you know. So uh, we able to Google things and get through this, but I've enjoyed quarantining, you know. It's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's something that you take advantage of. You know, uh, the days of the days of course, I was all alone in, in the days where you sat down and had family dinner. You know, my mother was a stay at home mother. I was brought up during them days. So it's nice to sit down with your family. And uh, there's positives that's coming out of this. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm a man of faith and something that I've been able to practice. So uh, that's what's going on. Quarantining a lot of family time, a lot of uh, uh, get my house prepared, you know, doing things around the house that I hadn't been able to do. So I've actually enjoyed it. My biggest thing is I so miss the staff and students of Bryan High School. It actually, I'm with it, you. actually it actually kind of, I don't, I don't want to say depression, but it just makes you realize how fortunate we are to be at Bryan with both the staff and the students. Yeah, you know, I, I, I still wake up in that split moment I wake up. I don't think quarantine thought. I'm like, all right, school day pumped. 
oh nope i uh gotta do this from home so yeah I, i'm with you i miss i miss everybody staff students whomever at verano i'd miss them all and i tell you the thing that i reflect on the most every morning you mentioned waking up uh me too saying well i can't go to verano but the thing i reflect on a lot uh cory which i think everybody at verano can relate to is uh, I was fortunate enough to teach early birds, so every morning in early bird when I drive up, James was there. So I get to reflect on yeah. James and uh, I miss that guy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you 100, percent man. Um, so back to the back to the classroom. What's what's a Hall of Fame Stu Brown lesson that that you thought went really well? The kids appreciated it. Um, you really saw the learning. You saw the connection. You saw the aha moments. Uh, can you give us some insight on one that went really well and why? Well, it's well? a couple that comes to mind, and I, I speak of this term often, and this term has not even been labeled, but reality-based learning, Corey. You know, we're fortunate to speak on the kids' social, social lives, and when we get to talk about things, and this is kind of harsh right now in this interview, but we get to speak on depression. We get to speak on uh, suicide and our response program and our opioid program. So uh, I love bringing in real-life people from their neighborhoods from their town from their community who's been through struggles that uh, are able to teach the students just how important it is to stay away from substance abuse and how damaging and how negative it can be in one's life and I love the reality based learning I love teaching it and I love uh, I love using it as a tool to help the kids learn about you know things that in reality they're going to run into Absolutely. And, and just for the listeners out there, um, for one of our opioid units, you know, we start the first day almost like a lecture style classroom where we rent out the auditorium, we bring all the kids in and they're not used to having a sit down, you know, lecture where they're taking notes, they're watching someone speak and then you get some videos and, and Stu, just your experience with it. You know, I've, I've appreciated watching you do it day one because, you know, my strength is creating activities that the kids do and it's engaging all that, but I'm not good at getting up and, and speaking for 45 minutes and to see you do it and the passion you, you, you deliver. Sometimes you get goosebumps, man. And I know the kids feel it too. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. And don't get me wrong. You being creative. I love how to learn off your creativity because all your lessons, Corey, is so differentiated and everybody can learn, but I'm old school. I don't know if it's the coach in me. Uh, you know, when I stand in front of a church, I like to preach, I like to teach, and I'm an old school lecturer. But I think it goes back to, Corey, what I learned in college. You know, I had a, I had a professor named Dr. Hugh Campbell, and he said, uh, you know, that's back in the days when you I was taught to lecture, but, you know, he said that if you make any – any topic interesting, then your students will learn. And he goes, it's the reason why some movies are better than others. It's because the movie's interesting. So uh, that's the one mm-hmm. thing I try to do is make every lesson interesting because my best teacher style, teaching style is old school lecturing. Uh, uh, and, I, you know, I still do it. Uh, don't get me wrong. I try to be differentiated and learn uh, off young people because <laughs> the education has certainly changed. But <laughs> I like putting the kids in the, you know, my biggest thing, too, Corey, we're putting all the students and teaching all the students. Uh, you know, you do it every day. We're fortunate in PE where we could have up to 150 students sitting in the gym at one time. Well, I like putting them in the auditorium, too, because when you get to college, you're going to be in that atmosphere. You're going to be sitting in some classrooms in a big college where you don't even see your professor. I know I, uh, one time at Old Dominion, I watched my professor on the TV because I couldn't see him because there was 400 students in a class. So uh, I think it's wow. in that atmosphere.
atmosphere or atmosphere that they might be in in the higher learning and uh uh, it's something that's good for them, and I think it. I think it's some good for us because I love when we all together in PE because I certainly learn from you all teaching. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm with you. And you know, I wouldn't do that, you know, lecture style every class, but for some of those heavy topics, and it teaches them, you know, how just to behave in an auditorium, even just a life skill. You know, when it comes time for like convocation practice and different things, you know, we're teaching them with that style of lesson you know, how to sit there, be quiet, be respectful and engage um, in something that's going up on the screen or on the stage. So I think we're, we're helping them a bunch when it comes. to. I stuff totally like agree. Don't be the one that, pro that prohibits 120 others from learning. So uh, I think that's a huge lesson to learn. Um, what's uh, what's one thing or two things uh, a staff member can take from you? and start off their school year next year, maybe not at Verina, but if we have listeners from other parts of the county or other schools, what's something that they could learn from Stu Brown to try next year to either better their teaching or better their relationship building? What's one thing they can Just take set, set aside and talk to a kid. You know, make a point. Uh, we got a lot of time in our day to make a point to set a student down, uh, especially, it's, you know, y'all, it, it's easy to teach a student who is willing and motivated to learn. You know, everybody can look in a classroom. I don't care where it in the county or where it in the nation or what school, what demographics, what diversity, what race, what religion. Everybody can look and see that a student is struggling. Uh, I think I think it's just smart to set a student down and get to know them and start it off. Uh, if you develop an, a, a, a way to communicate with a student, with they communicating back with you, I think that's huge. You're going to realize how talented they all are. And that's the biggest thing I say. Care first, teach second, set them down, make a point to have one-on-one -on -one time and communicate with them. You're going to realize that. And my biggest thing is you realize the ones that are thought to be different you realize that they're a whole lot more normal than they are different. So, and it just comes from an open lines of communication. Well, and that's definitely one thing I've taken and learned from, um, cause at my other school, I was very like, got to get through the class, got to get through the content. Bah, 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 bah. And, you know, I cared for the kids, but being at Verina, I've certainly learned you really, you really got to care for them and they got to trust you. And, you know, once they trust you and they're hooked into who you are as a person, you know, they'll do anything exactly. for you. They'll, they'll do anything. Totally agree. So um, now's your chance to give a shout out um, to staff members or groups or class of 2020 or whomever. Is there anybody or any groups of people you want to give a shout out to right now? Here's I just miss everybody, man. I miss the conversations. Uh, I even miss Ruth McDonald. I know a lot of people find that hard to believe. I miss Ruth. I miss the conversations. I miss seeing my beautiful, the people I work with, Corey, Greg, Tony, Gretchen, Coach B, Callie. I miss all y'all, man, and I just miss everybody. I miss seeing the faces and students. Uh, Verona football, even this morning with my coffee, I went on YouTube and watched. I have not watched a lot of the games. Uh, this morning I went and watched us beat Highland Springs for the first time, you know, on YouTube. I'm so proud of what they accomplished, accomplished huge things, and the biggest thing, I just want to let everybody know, I missed them. In class of 220, I feel but so bad for class of 220 because they're missing out on so much. Spring sports, the senior prom, graduation. 
Uh, they missing out on a lot. But the one thing I want to tell 220, 220, I don't think you think you will realize that you will never be forgotten because I think you're going to go down in history as the, as the class to beat the coronavirus. So uh, I think I think you're going to be remembered bigger than anything, any other class in the history of classes. So I just want you to class 220 to know I respect you. I love you. you your mental fortitude, your mental strength that you're showing and getting through this. I respect and love you, and I just want you to know I'm so sorry that it happened to you. But, again, I think you're going to go down in history. So, uh, And I hope you do because you deserve it. And, Corey Calder, I appreciate you, buddy. I thank you. Well, I appreciate it, man. And, um, you know, it was a pleasure having you on. Like I said, it's one of, circled on the calendar, like Highland Springs Week. You circle that Friday as soon as the schedule comes out because, you know, you're gearing up for a good one. And um, I was pumped when I saw that you wanted to do this. So I really – Really appreciate you taking time out of your day and coming on Staffordy Spilling the Tea. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. Uh, this man is from the department that I teach with, uh, health and PE teacher, coach, driver's education teacher. We have Tony Sorbello. How's it going? Great. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you on because um, in a previous episode, I, I talked about how we take the picture at the beginning of the year. And I was like, I idolize all those top row people. And I know you're, you're up there. I've been around for a long time. Well, what, what, how did you um, get into education? What, how did, how did you pick that as a field? How did you end up at Verona? All right. So it's kind of a long story. I, uh, both of my parents were teachers. They're both retired. Now my dad was a, uh, a high school teacher, and he later became a elementary school uh, principal. And my mother was a pre-K teacher. And uh, I have several fa- family members that are in education. My sister's a teacher. My wife's a teacher. So we have tons of teachers in my in the Sorbello family. And it was kind of a natural uh, move when it came for me to go to college. Uh, to become a PE teacher, which I majored in PE. As far as getting to Verina, I'm originally from upstate New York, and uh, I had an opportunity over 20 years ago after college to move to Virginia. And I took advantage of it because I could not find a job in upstate New York. So I moved down here, started substituting, and next thing I knew, I got hired in Henrico. And eventually ended up at Verina High School. Very cool. Very cool. And so let the audience members know who don't know kind of all the hats you wear at Verina. I think you might you might wear the most hats. <laughs> I do a lot at Verina. Um, so I teach driver's ed. I have four classes of driver's ed. I have one class of health and PE 10. I also coach the golf team and a lot of people don't even know that we even have a golf team. Uh, It's very small, but I enjoy it so much. I've been doing that for 15 years now Um, and do a lot of behind the wheel. Behind the wheel is year round for my driver's ed kids. So we do that. And in the summertime, I teach summer school as well. So I'm really busy with Verina. Um, But that's what I, that's the way I like it being busy. Yeah, and and you know, as a teacher, you come to find out like 
sometimes it, it's tough to leave. And so for you, you know, you are, you were there all year doing everything you can to help the students. Absolutely. And that's, again, that's why I like it. Um, so let's kind of uh, spill the tea as to what you do well um, in the classroom or as a coach or, or whatever, because unless I interview someone from another school, you're my only driver's ed teacher. Um, so kind of what do you do well as a teacher? Well, I think that it really starts with relationships and having a good relationship with the student body and not only having good relationships with him, but with them, but having a good rapport too. I feel like that's first and foremost. Um, if the students know that they can trust you, then that just goes so far. Um, but that's not to say that you can't be a pushover. You also have to have firm rules and you have to, you know, enforce the rules too. So I feel like that's what I bring. I feel like I bring a lot of good rapport with the kids and, and, and I'm fair and consistent with the way that I deal with them. Yeah. And that, that consistency, you know, is good for anybody out there listening. Like you've got to stay consistent to be the best you can for that job. For sure. And I think that's what, um, I think that's what new teachers need to understand that if you don't, if you're not consistent with the students, then you're asking for it. Yeah. And so like, how, how do you show that consistency in a class like driver's ed? Well, it's not as easy as you think because you know, you have a, a wide range of students and, and their talents and their skills when it comes to driving. So, you know, you might have a kid that doesn't even, you know, how to put the car into drive or doesn't even, you know, hasn't even pushed the gas pedal before. So you're dealing with, with a beginner. Um, but then again, you've got some other kids that have been driving for way, you know, so long that, you know, they're almost as good as you and I as drivers. So it, you got to kind of find what works. And I think that's where uh, experience helps because you kind of figure out what, what, what works and you figure out what doesn't work from year to year. And you throw the, the stuff that doesn't work away and you use the the stuff that does work year after year. Yeah. And that, that, that's crucial advice for any teacher out there, you know, change from the mistakes that you make, but definitely keep those pot of gold lessons and ideas that you do well. Yep. Put them in a special place and, and use them as necessary. And then one thing that I've been impressed with, um, I've done like, I think one or two observations of you uh, from the admin side, but like when you do the day of the range, and you do a lot of days on the range, but like I've seen you do range days and everything just runs so smoothly. Like the kids go to here, they're stopped. They're swerving between cones. They stop. They switch out of the car. Like how, how have you set them up for that sort of success? Well, and that's another thing that I think that I, that I bring to the table is organization. Um, and if you set, I've learned over the years that if you set, the schedule. This is what we're doing. This is how we do it. Does everybody understand? If you don't, let's stop and figure it out before we go on out there and move those heavy pieces of machinery. So we're, you know, we're not getting into a bad situation. So I feel like 
You know, you, you explain it on the board in the classroom. You explain it one more time out on the range before the students get in the cars. And then any last things, nothing. Okay, let's get in the cars and let's do this. And then you just kind of walk around and monitor it. And, you know, the kids like to drive. That's something that they enjoy doing. So they're going to pretty much i've learned over the years that they're unless they slip up from time to time they're going to do what you what you tell them to do and and that's what i like about driver's ed yeah and and you know if i could do my whole education career over um although i do want to be an administrator backup would be definitely driver's ed teacher and golf coach because i can't think of a cooler job because the kids want to be in your class because they want to learn how to drive and then when you coach, you get to coach an extremely fun sport and potentially you get to hit some balls. Yeah, yeah, I've been known to get out there on the course with the kids and hit some around and uh, it, it's, it is, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a good gig to have. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I walked into a good situation and I'm fortunate and I'm thankful for it. Well, we're, we're lucky to have you, Veronica, because I know you do it well. You know, rarely do you, you hear any issues coming from your class, right? Like never are you calling someone on the walkie to come get a kid or never do we have to come handle a referral for you. Like you handle things in-house and you get it done. Yeah. And that's, and I know that admin likes that. I learned that from my father. You know, if you can take care of it yourself in the classroom, then take care of it because that's, that's what the administrators want. And, um, and, and, you know, and I understand that it, that's the teacher's job is to is to handle everything in house. And then when they've exhausted all their their opportunities and their their attempts to deal with this situation, then they have to go to plan B, which is admin. Yeah. And. And I, I do appreciate, too, as, as an admin aide, you know, not having to do a whole lot of that so I can put my time for other things. Um. So what, what's like um, one or two lessons that you had that went really well in their like Hall of Fame lessons, whether it's a driver's ed or a PE? Um, lessons, uh, you know, you talk about the range and, and I think the range is real life stuff. So there's 10 ranges that we have to deal with and the way I've set it up is we start out really simple with range one, because let's face it, they're beginning drivers. And, you know, and all we're doing is we're doing things like putting the car in drive and then stopping and then putting the car in reverse. So it's really simple stuff. Not a lot of maneuvering in and out of cones, just really basic stuff. Range two gets a little bit more difficult, three, so on and so forth. So when we get to range eight and eight and nine, it's really challenging and the kids like a challenge, you know, when it comes to driving because they like to show off in front of their peers. So I, when it comes to driving and, and how well they can drive. And so I guess there's not one specific lesson uh, that I can answer that question with, but I, I kind of feel like just the fact that I have arranged the, the, the ranges in that order where it goes from very simple to extremely challenging. I, I feel like that's, that's cool because 
you get to see the students progress. Yeah. And you get to see them get better. And it puts a smile on my face and most especially it puts a smile on their face. How is it that last day of like driver's ed? You know, because like for me, health and PE, yeah, the kids want summer break. You know, they're they they miss they're gonna miss you as a teacher, but they're like, yeah, health and PE ten is done. No more PE for me. But for you, it's like, bam, I get to get a license. Yeah. Are, how excited are they when they wrap your class up? It's it's awesome because they have something now tangible in their hands, which is a license and the freedom that comes with it. And and that's you can see the smile on their face and it, it puts a smile on my face to see them happy, too. And, and and a lot of the times the last day I hear this a lot. The last day with the students is they say, I'm going to miss this class because they had fun. Usually they started out the class with knowing no one in the class uh-huh. to getting to know everybody in the class really well, because let's face it, when you're in the car with one person or two people, there's nothing to do but sit there and talk with each other. So uh-huh. it's a forced thing. So they get to know everyone really, really well. And, and you know, to get that license, it's it's fulfilling to them. That's really cool. And, and I like how you talk about you know, they get to build relationships with kids they might not know because, like, if they're in the car, like you said, there's no place to go. You are in the car. Right. And that's one of the things that I try and do is when we set them up with their range partners, I don't let them choose. I choose for them. So I will pick I will pick the opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> of the kids. You know, I'll, I'll find this girl that has nothing to do with this boy and vice versa, and I'll put them together and and, the, you know, the radio can't be on in the car, so they don't have a choice. It's either an awkward silence or they talk. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And I love how you, you know, you don't partner them with their friends. You don't let them pick. It's I'm controlling this. You're going to be with who I think you should be with. Learn to like it. Have fun. Again, there's that mistake. I made that mistake years ago where go ahead and choose your partners. And then it just turns into fooling around and then a potentially dangerous situation. So, again, I threw, I crumbled that one up and threw it away and said, I'm in charge of this now. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what's, what's some advice you could give to a teacher or educator out there who's listening? Um, one or two pieces of advice to help them be a better them. Well, again, I think it goes back to rapport and relationships with the kids. I feel like if you establish that trust that they can trust you i feel like that goes so far because once you cross that line i feel like the students feel like it's it's hard to uncross that line if you will um and i feel like you know the old saying uh to get respect you got to give respect i think that goes a long long way it's these are different times now where you can't, you know, it's not my, it's not the high, uh, my, my way or the highway. It's, it's gotta be, you know, you have to have a good rapport and a good relationship with these students. And I think that definitely be consistent with the way you, you treat each and every one. That's really cool. And, you know, doing this podcast, I'm hearing a lot about just relationships. Like that's, if I change the name of the podcast, I would probably try to, 
wrote that in somehow because I can't think of an episode so far that nobody mentioned you got to build a relationship and you got to gain their respect before they'll do anything for you. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that is, is definitely, uh, important and crucial in, in education. Uh, but I feel like it's, it's most especially critical at Verona high school. I feel yeah, like, no, and I'm kids, with you and, you know, you know, I've seen that just with that, my that own goes eyes. So much a further. lesson that, you know, you could tell me and I might forget, but when you see it and experience it, it's, it's something you take anywhere with any career you do. Um, so I'll tell you a little quick, quick, funny story. Um, for sure. I work in the summers through parks and rec in the, in all the summer camps. And, you know, when I wear Verina gear, kids are like, Oh, you're still teaching Verina. You're at Verina. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm wearing the shirt. And, uh, some of them will be like, Hey, is Robello still there? I'm like, yep, he's still there. They're like, he's the best driver's ed teacher. He's the best. He's... And so it's so funny, like, to wrap up the relationship piece. You know, you build those relationships, and the kids aren't going to forget who gave them their license. Yeah, and, and, and that makes me smile. That makes me feel really good to hear that. And, and you know, I, I think behind the wheel, is is so um critical and 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 so uh paramount in a in a student's Mm -hmm. life i mean let's 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 face it i feel like everybody remembers they're behind the wheel no matter no matter how old they are and 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 you know it's it becomes very routine for me because i do so much of it but i have to tell myself that this is a uh, an important piece in their timeline. Uh, there you go, tea drinkers. That was an episode of Staffalty Spilling the Tea. I want to thank you for steeping in our episode. And do me a favor and go give us a four or five star review and click that subscribe button so you get future episodes. This has been real. This has been fun. And this has been real fun. Till next time, see you.